Welcome to the Mass Effect Lorecast, the podcast where we explore the vast universe of lore behind the Mass Effect games. We'll talk about all the details you may have missed, ask the hard questions, and more. So I had this funny idea. Start out the episodes just welcoming each of our Commander Shepherds individually. But then I could just say, like, Commander Shepard, welcome. Welcome, Commander Shepard. Welcome, Commander Shepard. And Commander Shepard. Shepard, 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 welcome. That would just take forever, Rex. though. And then, well, I don't think anyone role plays as Rex in the game, though. Everybody's just their own <laughs> Commander Shepard, right? And then we no, would just No, but have, there's the Shepard, Rex. Right, 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 right. But then we would just have me saying Commander Shepard like thousands of times. But welcome to all of our Commander Shepherds. This is the Mass Effect Lorecast. This is the podcast where we talk about all things mass effect and get into the deep lore but this episode is going to be different because instead of getting into the deep lore we're getting into the deep mods because we are talking about the best mods to load into the game right now if you are playing legendary edition because the game has been out for a while now we're in the fall this game launched months ago and you've probably already played through you know legendary edition once or twice or maybe 10 times depending on you know what kind of player you are, and you might be looking for something new. And with my good buddy here, N7 The Legend, I am also here as well, Tom, or Robots, we are your hosts. And uh, with N7 Legend, with his PC version of the game, jump into the game, looking at the mods, it seemed like a really good opportunity for us to be talking about mods, because we are both PC players. So why don't we talk about mods? Also, later on on this episode, because of next week being our patron episode, which we normally have all of our patrons coming on talking about stuff. It's also a holiday. We've got Halloween here in the US, and I know this is spreading out to the rest of the world. There are other countries now celebrating Halloween a little bit more than we do in the in you know the United States of America, but we figured we'd give people the option to join us this week instead of next week. So on the second half of the episode, we will be transitioning into a little kind of mini patron episode where we will be inviting in some of our patrons to join us to have a little mini patron chat. But for the first half of this episode, we're talking about mods and N7. How are you doing, buddy? How's that PC holding up? Oh, it's uh, it's going really well. And actually, you remember I had told you I thought there the issue, the only singular issue left may have been the power supply. Uh -huh. uh, it turns out I love patting myself on the back here, but uh, I, I was right. It was the power supply. It was the power supply. And and the crazy part is when I took the one out. So the model was supposed to come with a 650 watt, right? Mm -hmm. This mm -hmm. is the refurbished PC that I got. Mm -hmm. Well, when I took the one out, it was a 750 watt. Really? So 100 watts more than supposed to be. But because of that, the manufacturer only shipped me a 650 watt one. And so you would think if my PC is having these power delivery issues with it crashing under full load, then 100 watts fewer might not help. Unless. Unless. Unless the power supply was faulty. Right. Which it totally was. Right. Because yeah, 650 yeah. watts does just fine. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, it, knowing I know I know PCs well enough, knowing the graphics card you have, the, the CPU you have, those are the two main power hogs. Um, and then the rest of the system, 650 sounds like it's enough. It sounds like it's probably enough by about 100 watts. It sounds like you're probably yeah, fine. It, 
and yeah, mathematically should should be enough, and it's doing fine. Uh, only thing is, it's considerably loud. And props to SkyTech, the manufacturer's support, because I told them what happened, and they're sending me a 750 watt replacement. Nice. Because they're like, hey, you know. Yours You're came right. with a 750 watt, even if that's not the model, you know, specific. Mm-hmm. So here's the 750 watt we're going to send you one. Nice. Okay. So now you're getting everything that you needed. It took a little bit of extra work, but now you have an, a banging PC with all the components that you should have. The thing's going to work awesome. And it just took a little bit extra longer, uh, you know, longer, but you got the refurb PC that you should have had with some new components in it for way cheaper than it, it should have cost. It just was kind of yes. pain in the butt. But hey, there you go. So now you're set up to load in whatever mods you want into this thing, kick the game's butt into super high gear. So let's let's dig in. Let's say you've I know you've been eyeing these mods. You sent me a list of some of the ones that you've been looking at. I've got them up on my screen. I'm looking at them, too. Where do we start? Because, I mean, we all know Legendary Edition looks pretty good, but it's still based on an engine that is over 10 years old. Like the the yeah. roots of this game are X. I mean, basically Xbox 360 era tech. Yeah, and with that being said, you know people have likely played through the series dozens of times, and even though Legendary Edition kind of revamped some things, it didn't really add content. So mm-hmm. a lot of these things are not new to experienced veteran players, and so. If you've played the game that much, you might feel the desire to change things up and enter Mass Effect Legendary Edition mods. Well, then, you know, this doesn't necessarily mean that we're going to break the game. Like, we're not going to introduce Thomas the Tank Engine as a Reaper. <laughs> Although <laughs> that would could. be amazing. We could. I mean, we could. I would love we it. could. But, okay, but these are not the ones we're going to talk about on this episode. Although, right. if you want to go find those, more power to you. Yes, and then let me know because I'm interested. Um, but no, these these mods are going to be choo more choo. about. <laughs> yes, choo like and then choo. that's the that's and then it what like it probably destroys like, right? the child. Yeah, right, right. So evil. So instead um, of the wow, you just get chooch. Yeah, okay, sorry. Go on. So these are going to really improve the quality and the ease of gameplay. And uh, the first one that I think a lot of players would be interested to know about would be the unlimited sprint and duration mods that are out there. Uh, Mass Effect has a lot of running in between objective points, Mm -hmm. not just Mass Effect 1, but 2 and Mm 3. And this can really slow down some gameplay. Some people like the slow, you know, change of pace in between missions. Some people don't. For those of you who wish that Shepard didn't get super wind Yes. after a five second jog oh my god he is one of the most badass freaking soldiers in the galaxy why can he not jog the length of i mean not even a football field like a basketball court not even that like he can't even do one suicide on the court <laughs> like none none of it He's like, he like he jogs from like the front of my house to the back of my house. And he's like, all right. Okay. Like, give me like 10 seconds. Okay, Hold on, guys. <laughs> this is too much. He goes up a flight of stairs. He's like, okay, whoa, 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 I'm winded. I'm winded. Like he's worse than like, like, you know, like, I don't know. Some of the professors that worked at my, he's like college. Yeah. He's like fat Thor. He's like, like he's like, where, he's way worse <laughs> than fat. At least fat Thor could still fight Thanos. You know, that's true. Come on. Yeah, he he 
in Mass Effect 3, there's a lore justification that he may have gotten soft around the edges. In Mass Effect 1 <laughs> and 2, there is no such justification. No justification and it's at kind all. of ridiculous. It is kind of ridiculous. The dude should be able to sprint like... dude should be able to run a 4K in like record time, let alone... You know, getting yeah, no, this yeah, absolutely. This mod is I don't know. This is kind of a, a must in my opinion for for somebody who doesn't want to wait for like you know running between scenes. I just want to go to the next scene. I just want to get to the good bits. Like this is not a, this is not a game where I just want to like wait for stuff. I just want to get to the good bits. I just just move me to the act from action to action from dialogue to dialogue. Just let me get from one thing to the next. I just want to get through it. Absolutely. Yeah. And I also, you know, I'm not, I'm a different kind of player, you know, I'm a completionist, but I want to be able to run. Yeah. <laughs> like it's just yeah. kind of ridiculous. I can't yeah. because so. you're not missing anything. That's my, that's my opinion is that by running through the hallways, you're, you're not missing, you're not skipping anything. You're still moving. You're still, you're not, you, you know what I'm saying? You're still transitioning through right, the corridors. Right. You're still seeing everything as you go. And it's not like the run is that much faster than the walk, but at least it feels like you're moving through stuff. Yeah. The walk is like a brisk, like, like saunter. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's like the uh, wind is at your back slightly. There's no urgency <laughs> whatsoever, um, which is kind of funny, but we digress we move on that that mod is available if any of you are interested in downloading it it's a very simple uh, ini file change i believe so just download it it's quite easy uh, i highly recommend using nexus mods for that they make everything easy about it all of these mods you should really be using nexus mods and downloading uh, them for mm -hmm. and before we go any further if you're looking for kind of a one-stop shop of how to organize your mods uh, definitely download the me3 tweaks mod manager mm -hmm. that is uh it's mainly it's mainly just a framework for drag once you download that and you set that up for your proper file pathway and by the way the proper file pathway is not going to be the same as the files where you keep your game just let the installation wizard do its thing and then when you download mods you just go to your downloads folder drag the mod file onto me3 tweaks and it's done like you import, you enable, that's it. Voila. Right. right. Um, so again, modding really isn't isn't difficult. And again, so people people know I'm putting this up on the screen. It's called unlimited sprint and boost duration. So if you're looking for that by name, unlimited sprint and boost duration. If you search, just search unlimited sprint, it'll show up in Nexus Mod Manager or our Nexus yeah. Mods the website. And another one of the top ones on Nexus mods, uh, and rightfully so, are the community patches for Mass Effect 1 and 3 in Legendary Edition. I'm not quite sure why I haven't found a Mass Effect 2 community patch yet. They might still be working on it. A lot of these modders are, again, volunteers and not getting paid for this stuff. Uh, but these community patches are just general bug fixes. You know, it's, it's kind of a necessity. It doesn't change anything about the game, doesn't add any content, doesn't take away any content. It just fixes bugs. It's quite similar to the unofficial Fallout and Skyrim patches, as I'm sure you're familiar with. Yeah, so just an example here, under the Normandy section, it says things like, uh, you know, bugs fixed. Fix Normandy music not playing after mission debriefs. Caden will not refer to the player as a biotic if they are not. You know, things like that that can kind of, if you're, if you're a stickler for the details, this is stuff that makes it not break your brain when Caden says you're a biotic and you go, wait, I'm not a biotic. That doesn't make any sense. 
this kind of stuff is stuff that should have probably been patched out had the developer taken the time, but it wasn't. So these are these are the kinds of people who, like you, this stuff bugs, and they they took the time to go back in and fix this stuff. It bugs them. It bugs. I see what you did there. So there's one for one and one for three and not one for two. But hey, that's what we got so yeah. far. Maybe by the time you download these, there'll be one for two. Yeah, I agreed. And speaking of Mass Effect 2, there is a great mod that people can download called the Mass Effect 2 One Probe for All Resources. This one's kind of self-explanatory. Uh, if you've played Mass Effect 2 before, then you know how tedious the grinding can be for gathering all the resources you will need. So going from planet to planet and stripping planets bare of all material resources, dooming entire populations because their <laughs> worlds don't have anything anymore, just so that you can put some shiny new armor on the Normandy. Anyway, if you're not really missing that and you just want to gather all the resources you need for the upgrades, then this mod aims to fix that you know it includes all of the resources you would need for every upgrade in one planet location so you just go to that planet you fire the one probe you get all the resources yeah just it strips I, it strip mines um you know entire planets of everything they have so you know you become the reaper you become the ultimate capitalist there you, you have acquired all of the capital <laughs> congratulations it. <laughs> you win the game. That's what happens in real life, too. <laughs> Congratulations. You just win the game. You become no, the okay, monster. So this, fine. This one's kind of cheating. You know, this one is kind of a cheat, although there's an argument to be made that it's a quality of life improvement. Um, even though it, it's it's like definitely a cheat, um, but I get I don't. <laughs> okay, you're not hedging I, your bets anymore. You're just like, no, right. This is a, this is a I. I I get it. Like, I get it why someone would want to download this one because it's like, really? Like, you're going to make me go to all these planets and just scan and scan and scan and mine and mine and mine. And it's just, come on. This is, <laughs> it's okay, like, so this is a know. design element from a time where it was like they were putting extra stuff in the game for when they were like, okay, people want a thing they can do in the game that's just like this relaxing thing you can do when you don't want to do all the like fighting and other stuff. When you can just like spend some time just going to the planets and doing other things, but it's also pretty crucial to doing other stuff in the game too. So it like doesn't fit the balance, you know? No, it, it, it doesn't. And this, in my opinion, was a poor replacement for the Mass Effect 1 Uncharted Worlds missions, uh, because it's not just for resources that you might scan planets, but you're also scanning these planets to find potential side missions. But in my opinion, all of the side missions in Mass Effect 2 are so inconsequential, or at least they feel that way, that it's like, why even bother? Um, whereas the side missions in Mass Effect 1, you genuinely felt like you were going to an uncharted world and actually finding something worth finding. Um, so, yeah, I don't have any moral quandary with this uh, mod. It is definitely a cheat. Um, but if that's your thing, go for it, download it, speed up your Mass Effect 2 playthrough. Yeah, I, I also don't have a problem with if you've already played through a game, and there are mechanical pieces of the game that are simply mechanical and you're playing through the game again mostly for story to speed up the mechanical aspects of the game like i yeah, don't think sense. that's that's a problem at all 
even when it comes to combat, I don't think that there's really a problem, especially if you're playing through the story. If you want a new story version of the game and you want to romance a different character, you want a different, uh, you know, playthrough. If you want to, you know, be, you know, make different decisions and see what plays out with that stuff, then you're going to want to speed through some of the mechanics, some of the combat, even it like you're not it's not cheating. You're just trying to get to the parts that you want to see. So there's no harm in doing that. Because you've already played through those parts. Yeah, yeah, it, I agree completely. You know, if you if you've played this game fifty fucking times, like, <laughs> then like don't let anyone grief you because you don't want to go and mine every single planet again. Right. It, it would be like, like the in time. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like in uh, Nixada in chat says like in Mass Effect Three, you can choose how much talking happens. There's the three different options for style of gameplay or uh, putting it on easy because you don't want the combat to take up most of your time. You want to be able to just kind of shoot everybody, get through the fighting to get to the next scene. It's the same kind of thing, you know, you know, but sometimes you want to play through on, you know, absolute hardest difficulty because you want the challenge and you want the be able to be able to say, like, I absolutely beat the game on the hardest difficulty. Like there's different reasons you approach a game in a different way for different goals. So play it for that goal. Totally makes sense. Yeah. Speaking of which, there is a Mass Effect uh, trilogy save editor. So if you want the achievement of having completed it on insanity, but you're a little baby and you don't actually want to do it, <laughs> then you can go and edit your save. No, I'm kidding. I don't endorse that. Don't do that. But it's possible. <laughs> Uh, but that's one of my least favorite mods because it's that one really is nothing except a uh, a cheat. You can use it to debug a bugged save if you have one, but it's I mean the power that you would wield is incredible. Uh, so <laughs> my favorite one, however is one called the black market license mod. This one's only for mass effect one in legendary edition. It's one of my personal favorites. Actually, it is my personal favorite of the mass effect mods. So mass effect one had certain weapons and armor in the game that players literally couldn't get no matter what they did, unless they were acquired through console commands. That's the only way that you could get these items. It's like they were put into the game, but never actually put into the game. My understanding is that they were hidden behind loot tables. They were made to be incredibly hard to get, but they just something about some loot table just didn't allow them to spawn or something like that. You'd think they would have fixed that with Legendary Edition. Mm -hmm. um, but regardless, they never made it into the game, not in not in stores, not in, you know, like containers or any anywhere on the ground. You couldn't get them unless you spawned them through console commands. And so these aren't like tester items you know this isn't like god tier level test sword you know to just smite something in one hit um and it's not cheat gear either it's just really high level good stuff so this mod makes those weapons and armor as accessible as black market items uh which can be purchased through the requisitions officer on the normandy uh, but first you have to buy the license as you do with every other manufacturer license uh, in mass effect one so it, it includes equipment from batarian state arms cerberus skunk works uh han hain kadar shadow works and Jormungand technology those are all manufacturers that really probably don't sound familiar to any mass effect one player because they weren't in the game to start with um so uh, there's also previously hidden weapon ammo and armor mods that 
you don't buy, but they will be found in the world in crates, containers, boxes, you name it, and on dead bad guys. Hmm. So adds a lot of stuff that I think should have been in the game. It was meant to be in the game, um, but just didn't make it in for some reason. Huh? Yeah, it's we- that's weird. It's like it's almost like they realized it didn't get it in and then they just didn't fix it. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe there were some bugs with it. I'm not sure. I haven't played with that one too much yet. If I encounter any bugs, I'll let everyone know. Uh, but that one brings us to our next mod, which is called the Expanded Galaxy mod. This one's super cool. It is somewhat of a total overhaul of Mass Effect 3. So this, again, this one's specifically for Mass Effect 3 and Legendary Edition. This mod adds customization options for the Normandy. Uh, It adds new weapons uh, that were not in the game previously and adds new casual outfits for your squad mates. And you can sprint through the Normandy's scanner between the war room and the bridge, which I know is probably a big thing for you, Tom, <laughs> wanting to speed up gameplay, right? Yep, yep. <laughs> and in the original Mass Effect 3, by the way, that was used as a loading screen. That's what that was. It was a loading screen. Yeah. Um, but in Legendary Edition, it doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't need to be a loading screen. So you can just sprint through it this time. Instead of having to walk, stop, wait for it to scan you, keep going yeah oh man look at these guns i'm looking at the the images yeah it's so cool so the uh the expanded galaxy mod for mass effect 3 it adds some serious quality of life uh features some of them are new weapons uh the collector smg the geth spitfire and the gladius m57 are all new weapons that it adds Uh, all of these can be found during gameplay which is pretty cool Uh, there's also some core gameplay quality of life fixes for example i'll just read a couple off Uh, when launching a mission from the normandy the armor screen automatically allows selection along with the weapons and powers as usual Uh, during a combat mission you can now press p or click the left trigger to port your arms lower your weapon uh and it's not the same as holstering it but has a similar impact without having to save and reload so did, um, did you know real quick did you know that in mass effect 3 you couldn't put your gun you couldn't holster your gun right do you remember this yeah do you know why yep. that was i don't know why so, that was in the uh in the original version for the consoles they maximized the memory in the game to use every single bit of memory on the console that they possibly could. They, they maxed out the console memory so, so much so that there was no, there wasn't a single extra kilobyte of space in the memory to be able to implement holstering your gun. That's so weird. Yeah. They didn't have any more room to even add that one extra little feature. So that's why your gun was always out. I don't know if that's like laziness or like they just went the extra mile to really include as much as they could. Yeah, it was that maximized from what I understand. It was it was it was maximized to the point where when you were in combat in order to have every single feature of combat that they wanted to have in there, they couldn't they couldn't squeeze out any more more details. They 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 basically they realized that like, okay, well, if we take the holster of the gun out, then we can eke out this much more memory, which would allow us to add this other feature for this other ability that you could use or whatever. (laughs) They they just squeezed out every little bit. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, they really worked with what they had. They played the the cards they were dealt, right? Um, This 
expanded galaxy mod also changes some things in, in terms of timing. So you can now select timings of DLC missions like Eden Prime, Omega, Citadel, Leviathan, and you can select the timings of the six in seven missions uh, and when Trainer will announce them. So I always kind of hated how those missions came right when I was doing something else. And mm -hmm. I felt like if I didn't do them right away, they were going to expire and then I couldn't do them. And since I'm a completionist, that, that really bugs me. Like not being able, you know, leaving a stone unturned. So this mod changes the way that you can really time things. Yeah, that makes sense. Cool. All right. And it also, um, we would be remiss without mentioning the Normandy immersive overhaul that it includes in the mod. Uh, so basically there's five main different additions, uh, or, or, uh, features of the Normandy immersive overhaul. It has a new and evolving crew. You can set your XO Marine officer. You can decide the number of Marines, medics, engineers, and other crew members on the Normandy. Uh, there's a customizable Normandy. Now you can add a firing range. You can add vehicles, other equipment, all controlled from the ship's new manifest. Uh, there's cabin romances. You can get an interactive picture from Shepard's love interest and invite them up to spend time with Shepard in the cabin whenever, <laughs> like it doesn't have to be at a certain point in the game well, weird um, you know like uh, maybe like real relationships yeah hey hey huh. baby i know that we're in the middle of a mission but why don't we just go up to my my quarters real quick uh <laughs> sovereign asks can you add a tim horton I can well i wish we could add a timmy hose that'd be nice um but no no tim hortons aboard the normandy no uh, although shepherd acts like someone who eats at tim hortons very often uh, with his lack of running ability uh, i don't think that there's one there. there there's also some mass effect 2 weapon imports so you can bring on some weapons from mass effect 2 and play them uh in mass effect 3 and you can actually reach level 10 on the first playthrough if you imported. Uh, and there's also some immersive improvements, you know, restored conversations between Ashley and Liara, unblocked windows, new cabin models, and there's just a lot of, a lot more stuff. I mean, like, I'm looking at, a, at this page and it's like, so expansive right like so the expanded galaxy mod is aptly named there's mm -hmm. so much stuff here mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah this is cool stuff so there's there's one more you've got kind of this honorable mention here yes and yeah i love i love my my fashion accessories in games i am i have this weird i always want to look awesome in games thing my wife on the other hand is like i don't care she collects everything in games and then makes fun of me because I always want to play dress up in games, which is kind of funny because you would think, I, I don't know, just like stereotypically, you would assume that it would be the opposite, but it's not. Um, so I, I play fashion souls, you know, or fashion scrolls or whatever with my characters. <laughs> I've got, got them all dressed up in cool ways and stuff. And so this is like totally up my alley. So what yes. are we talking about so here? So this, this one's the Expanded Galaxy mod armors for Legendary Edition 2 and 3. Uh, I'm yes. very much with you on this, Tom. I love fashion all the effect. different armors and, uh, yes, fashion effect uh, and all the different things that you can bring onto the table with this mod. You can actually wear armors from Mass Effect Andromeda and the Mass Effect 3 multiplayer 
in the in the campaign now previously there were a lot of armors and outfits that were not available in the single player at all but now uh thanks to the wonderful work of some very dedicated modders you can uh there's tons and tons and tons of new outfits not just armors but casual outfits too uh and that doesn't just go for shepherd that also goes for the squad mates they have like over 30 new casual outfits for the squad mates to wear in non-combat uh, environments. The expanded shepherd armory is also along the same lines. It's an honorable mention. It's a required mod for the EGM armors for uh, Legendary Edition 2 and 3. The expanded ar shepherd armory though, it allows the same exact thing, wearing Mass Effect 2 armors and 3, except it goes in reverse. So if you ever wanted to use Mass Effect 3 armors and Mass Effect 2, you can do that too. Uh, so it, there's some uniformity there, which actually would have been nice uh, if they implemented that from the very get-go, you know, kind of a unified armory system. Yeah, you, you would think they would carry over some of this stuff and just add to it. Yeah. It yeah, oh, well, I mean, yeah. I, I guess I get it. Um, I would love one day if I saw that there, that the modders had included and, you know, all-encompassing expanded Galaxy mod armors for the entire trilogy. So you could wear all of the Mass Effect 3 stuff in Mass Effect 1. That'd be cool. Yeah, that would be really cool. So, man, I'm going to have to dig into some of the stuff on my new playthrough. I think I might I think I might go to that one first and just like have all the cool armors because that's part of, it's part of just the looting aspect of this stuff. You know, like you always want to get like the cool new gun and half the time I don't care about the stats as long as it just freaking looks cool. You know, like, yeah. does it look badass? Does it then, look yeah, badass? I'm wearing it. Yeah. Do I pull the gun out and feel cool because I'm, you know, do I have a cool outfit? Do I have a cool gun? Do I walk into the room and feel like I'm a total badass shepherd when I'm going to go shake down, you know, the bad guy on the other side of the room? Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Right. That makes maybe me you're, maybe you're role playing a super weenie hut junior shepherd. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> well, that's the other thing. It's like, do I want to look really dumb? Is there really dumb looking armor? Uh, maybe I want that, <laughs> you know, give me the options. Give me all the options to role play this however I want because of just for whatever reason, you know, that's what I'm, that's what I'm down for. So yeah awesome stuff um very very cool go check all of these out i will put links for these in the show notes so you're able to check out all of these directly um you can also just search the names that we've brought up during the during the show on nexus mods um so the the website for that is nexusmods.com and you'll probably want to log in and create a, an account so you can keep track of all the mods you download. And as with any mods you're loading into a system, follow the instructions the way they've set them up. Make sure that you are following them to the letter and make sure that you back up your files before you do so. So it's always a good idea to, again, follow the instructions, be careful with stuff and back up, especially your save files so you don't mess anything up. Um, so warning, warning, warning. We don't want you, you know, writing us in and saying, I tried out your mods and you, you screwed up my save file. I, I lost everything. You know, not our fault. <laughs> you follow the instructions. Be careful. This is on you guys. All right. Um, let's move on to the middle of the show. We're going to thank our patrons and then we'll be back with some special guests for the second half of our episode. So stay tuned. Message coming in. Patching it through. I am sovereign and this station is mine. I like the sound of that. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? 
That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Have you ever wondered how deep the Elder Scrolls lore rabbit hole goes? Have you got a grasp of the basics and want to find out more about the universe? Written in Uncertainty is here to help you. We'll be mixing in philosophy, theology, and whatever other theory is useful with Elder Scrolls texts to untangle some of the biggest questions in the series, like what are dragon breaks, how does Chim work, where did the Dwemer go, and more. Check us out at writteninuncertainty.com or find Written in Uncertainty on any podcatcher. Thanks for listening, and catch you later in the grey maybe of Tamriel. All right. This is the middle of the show. This is where we get to thank our patrons for being freaking awesome. And get this, we have five Shep or I'm sorry, four Shepherd tier patrons to thank. We've got Blaze Freezer, Pipe Man Sovereign, and Stagger and Stumble. Thank you to all of our patrons. You guys are awesome. Um, I would have some uh, winners to announce this week, but I haven't heard back from our mysterious uh, shadow broker yet on our winners. Our mysterious shadow broker has been a bit uh, busy this weekend with something else going on. So I know that all the submissions are in, submissions are closed, and we will let you know who the winner is on Discord as soon as I hear back and we get word from the shadow broker. So sorry to be a little bit mysterious about who the winners are, but I will let you know back as soon as possible. I have I have sent the shadow broker messages and, you know, shadow broker's busy with uh, things across the galaxy that I, you know, I don't know what's going on out there, but as soon as we know, we will post winners on the Discord. We will let you guys know who the winners are and they can join us next weekend. So stay tuned for that. And thank you to all of our patrons, all 42 of you who help support the show every week. If we've done anything to help you get through your workday, your workout, your commute to work, or making costumes for your pets for Halloween, then please consider going to patreon.com slash Mass Effect Lorecast and checking out all the different tiers, including tier three that you can sign up. You get ad-free episodes, episodes early, and stickers that come out for patrons. Um, and they're they're awesome. If you sign up for tier four, you can join us next week when we're going to be talking about our favorite quests to go on to you know hang out with our with our potential love interests so that's gonna be fun companion quests so that's gonna be super fun i'm looking forward to it and we will be back just in a second because i have to share with our patrons that are joining us today our little invite to get them on the stream so here you go guys here's our little message with their invite they're going to be popping in with us and um we have any other news we want to share sam uh, well, we do have the review from Poe Boy Rich uh, that I don't think we have read yet. Okay. Do you want to read it? You want to call this out? Uh, sure. Yeah, I can bring it up right now. Actually, we have one that just came in 
right now also actually i've got them up right here we have one that came in today so we've got two reviews when I've got, I've got it up, why don't I just do it real quick? So we've got sure, go for it. Po' boy, rich po' boys are delicious, by the way, from the United States, who wrote in and said, "Great podcast, questionable morality." Mm, five stars. I just finished episode seventeen. Love the podcast; it's great. Well, well worth the listen. But no one understands that destroy is a renegade choice. The genocide of synthetic life is pretty evil, whereas sacrificing yourself to save everybody with the control option is totally Paragon. Discuss. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just kidding. Of course, Poboy Rich has just as valid of an opinion about the game as I do. Um, but my opinion is that it is, it is regrettable that Poboy Rich has become indoctrinated. Um, oh, no. So. Them's fighting words. Um, you guys are going to have to hash this out on the Robots Radio Discord. So, Poboy Rich, welcome to the Discord. Come join us and let's hash that out on there. And you're more than welcome to join us on a future episode of the of the Patreon chat uh, to, to hash this out in more detail. Because we would love to hear some of your justification for this. Because this, of course is a hot topic and everybody's going to want to jump in and, and uh, you know, argue their points. Friendly argument, friendly argument. Let it, let me point, point out, but thank you for, for the, for the review and for the five stars. Um, we really do appreciate it. And then we've got one from Dala Dala 63. And that's actually spelled with an A Dala Dala from the U S who wrote in just today. Phenomenal work. Five stars. These guys do a great job, not just with Mass Effect lore, but as an overall as an overall hosts and commentary, bringing in parallels to real life banter back and forth and generally being fun to listen to. The Mass Effect lore is then top notch. Great information that most people don't catch on their playthroughs and a great love for the game. It's great to listen to people that enjoy the game as much as I do and get into the lore significantly more than I do. They have gotten me through a lot of drive and work time that otherwise would be dull. Great work and a great podcast with two great hosts. If you don't enjoy or can't understand the parallels to real life and other issues we see on a daily basis, maybe they aren't for you. But I hear, I hear head in the sand is a good way to go. <laughs> Smiley face. I do sincerely thank them for the parallels to real life and banter back and forth. Well, thank you. Thank you, Dollar Dollar. I'm glad you uh, appreciate those. And I'm glad. Um, thank you for all the, the compliments on here, too. This is, um, this is very flattering. My head has grown three sizes larger and uh, I will now have a hard time fitting through doorways. So um, thank you for that. Uh, <laughs> you guys are awesome. Thank you for the time you take to leave us rating and reviews. It really, really does help people with finding the show and finding out what they like about the show and um, also, you know, feeding our egos. So uh, thank you for that as well. All right. We've got some patrons to bring into our chat. So we'll be back in just a second with them and don't go anywhere. Here we go. Spit it out. Or are you trying to build suspense? You're so dense, sir. Obviously, I do not know as much about human relationships as I thought. All right, let's get the screen set up. Patrons, welcome in. How you doing? Hey. Hey. Great. Hey, we've got Psych and Genesis here. Hey, how's here. it going, Psych? How's it going, Genesis? How I'm are good. you guys? Good? Good, good. Welcome, welcome. Um... I think I've got the screen pretty looking pretty good here. So, um, man, you guys, this is kind of fun because you have the two of us all to yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, 
Welcome back. Um, we're talking about companion missions, right? Yeah. Yeah. So the topic I believe patrons decided on for this week's uh, patron chat was what is your favorite squad mates loyalty mission and why? So mm-hmm. uh, psych or Genesis, do either of you have a, a dying itch to go first? Uh, ladies first. <laughs> the gentleman thing to do. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. So my favorite loyalty mission was Grunt. Right. I had so much fun because when you're communicating with Krogan's going for even like the not renegade option, but like the down option, they generally respect that more. And so you get to have more interaction and they, I don't know, you get to headbutt a Krogan and it's the best thing. <laughs> yeah, that is that is pretty that is pretty awesome. Just as a refresher for everyone, Grunt's loyalty mission is about finding his Krant. It's really a rite of passage for for Grunt, a Bildungsroman, if you will, uh, where Grunt is a tank bred Krogan, and because of that, he's not quite sure how to approach what would be Krogan puberty, uh, mm-hmm. and so when we help grunt out along with that he needs to find his group his krant so we take grunt to tuchanka uh and of course if you played mass effect one and rex is alive rex is the leader of clan erdnot who uh, more than happily uh sponsors him because of his association with shepherd so uh that's just a little refresher on the uh on the grunt's loyalty mission and i gotta agree genesis uh headbutting the krogan is is something else and it's uh it's some spicy flavor that Mass Effect 2 uh, really, really thrives in. I'm sorry, I should have said spoiler alert before I started that. <laughs> no, it's fine, it's fine. Every, I mean, this is a lore show, so everything's going to be a spoiler on some level, right? <laughs> Can you imagine what it would feel like to headbutt a Krogan? <laughs> Ouch. Uh, the, their headplate looks pretty hard. Looks, uh, looks like bone. <laughs> yeah, I, feel, so. I bet it would feel like hitting a rock. You know, like going up to like the side of a mountain and just like hitting your head on the side of a mountain. I that would explain like, a lot of Shepard's decisions afterward. <laughs> I'm sorry, but go on. Genesis. No, I also like the fact that that's the first time that we get to see a female Krogan is when you start that mission. So that's also in there that I like. Yeah. Yeah. And with them being so rare, that's a. It's a rare right, fight. and I'm I'm just curious. Uh, Genesis is Grunt one of your favorite squad mates as well, or did you just like his loyalty mission a lot? Uh, I do like him as a squad mate. Um, I t- yeah. Mm. It depends on what playthrough I'm going on, um, whether or not he's one of my main companions. Uh, because if my shepherd isn't somebody who can unlock, oh, oh that's one all the games are mashing in my head together right it now. happens it happens um i mean you're talking with a guy who does multiple lore casts for multiple rpgs and they uh, yeah they all start to blur together <laughs> i've yeah. had multiple shows where i've gone wait a minute was that this playthrough where it did this way or yes mm-hmm. I totally understand but i tend to bring garris with me on every mission and then whoever i think is going to fit the mission best for dialogue is going to be my second companion 
Yeah, that's an awesome, awesome way to play through. Of course, I'm biased because I played through the same way. I bring one story flavor companion and one practical gameplay companion with mm-hmm. me. And that almost always ends up being Garrus plus one. Uh, <laughs> so I used to bring my uh, love interest in every mission with me. And then I figured I can't pass up Garrus like that because more often than not, Garrus was not my love interest. But speaking of Garrus, I know that uh, his loyalty mission is a favorite of many people but something tells me that may be the case with psych am i right um he he makes my top three absolutely uh but my absolute favorite is tally's loyalty mission um you get that uh, rich addition of quarian lore attached to the game overall um uh, and then you 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 help Tally through this you know really emotional time of her life, right? You know she's been accused of the worst crime in Korean history. And she's dealing with you know death of a parental figure. It's a whole thing. Um, so uh, that's why it makes it my top, like my absolute favorite. Garris comes in second for that. I totally get that as well. You know, with Tally's loyalty mission, um, on my last playthrough, I was trying to have my bro ship romance Tally. And <laughs> it just so happens that if you're trying to romance Tally and you don't lie for her uh, to the Admiralty Board in her mission, then guess what? The deal's off. You're not getting any. And uh, that romance is not going to get, not going to follow through. So it really pins your morality against your loyalty uh, which is a cool uh, I guess a balancing act that you don't really see with many games uh, where I was trying to play an authentic character right an authentic character who didn't ever want to lie even at the expense of someone he really cared about Um, so he ended up losing Tally's loyalty and of course that can result in Tally's death or other characters death in the final mission in Mass Effect 2 I was lucky enough that it didn't Um, but Psych have you always gone through and and secured Tally's loyalty? I have Um, I have absolutely no qualms telling that Admiralty board uh, (laughs) where to shove something Uh, (laughs) he's just a dirty liar right up there (laughs) (laughs) um the, those three are like you know they're, they're characters of course of some of the worst aspects of any particular uh politicians um and so having that having that on top of on top of just the idea of okay look i i can't just tell you that your father is the worst Korean ever um <laughs> uh it yeah, it, it, I mean, it puts you in a hard spot, but at the same time, it's just like, eh, you guys, you're just using her as a pawn. And I can't, I personally cannot allow you to just use my friend like that. So, jog on. Sorry, Tal oh, is I was also just gonna one say- of the rare ones. As a refresher for everyone who may not have played Tally's loyalty mission, because some people um, don't actually do loyalty missions. I know it's unbelievable. Uh, (laughs) But for everyone who may not have played her loyalty mission, basically we find out that Tally's father was experimenting on Geth and took it a step too far 
enabled some geth who effect effectively killed a bunch of Corians on the migrant fleet this is um considered treason by the migrant fleet's leadership and uh, is the highest offense possible that a Corian could commit so it's a huge stain on tally's um family's honor she's embarrassed by it of course when she finds out that it's true and so the loyalty aspect comes down to basically shepherd playing lawyer in court for her uh and you can decide to play the devil's advocate or you can decide to have um you know like a neutral type of approach to it where you still secure her loyalty but kind of skirt around the topic or you can go in my opinion what is considered paragon but oddly renegade where you choose to tell the truth and piss off your squad mate in the process um but uh psych about genesis's favorite loyalty mission have you ever not secured grunt's loyalty no i i am too much of a completionist to never not complete any loyalty mission um and there is something to be said for taking a giant nuke to a giant death worm um so you know that is fun uh but yeah i've i I'm just yeah, I'm too much of a completionist to to not complete anything that comes through that game. See, this is this and is always my problem is that I'm I'm a stickler for whatever the morality is that I feel like I'm siding with in the moment, rather than sticking to the person. Like I will generally side with the morality over what I think the person wants me to do, hmm. which means I will screw over a loyalty mission, and so many times I will mess up a relationship because I'm sticking to what I think is the right thing to do or what needs to be done in the moment rather than what the person would want me to do so in a playthrough like I'll, I'll get through a playthrough and be like well I got no romances this time there should be an achievement for that celibate <laughs> yeah like it happens <laughs> it happens or I'll get like a romance option to work out and like wonder why why didn't anybody else want to be with me and it's because and it's because i just because i was trying to be too good or or like or at least i was putting the galaxy ahead of like shepherd's personal wants or, or whatever you know like that kind of crap and that's right i'll end up screwing over my own relationships because of it the rest of the crew met in the uh, bar area and was like, you know, I agree with the mission and everything, but Shepard's kind of a dick. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I will totally play through in those ways. And it just like screws over all my relationships. Genesis, have you ever played through like a really, really hard liner Shepard playthrough before? Mm, I tried and then couldn't do it. Like... I was like, okay, my first time playing Broshep, I'm going to go full Renegade. And no, it just didn't work out. I couldn't, as a person, make some of those horrible choices. Some of them are really, hard, like, not even Renegade. They're just, like, egregious. It's like, who would do that <laughs> ever? I feel like the closer you are to, like, Hardline Paragon or Hardline Renegade makes it harder to manage some of the relationships because sometimes the relationships require you to make grayer decisions and you can't stick with one or the other all the time and make everybody happy or make right. a specific oh, person yeah. happy. You know what I'm saying? Like if you stay too, too firmly to the edges, it pisses everybody off. So 
uh, question for both Genesis and Psych. Uh, whoever wants to answer first can go. Uh, what is your least favorite squadmate mission? Squadmate, I'm sorry, squadmate loyalty mission. And why is it your least favorite one? I I would assume that both of us would agree that it's Jacob. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, say that mm-hmm again, because that was good. That was good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's there there was a hint of judgment in there, just a hint. <laughs> it's so horrible what on makes so many levels. Well what makes it so bad? Okay, in my opinion, it's really uh, Okay, Jacob as a character is like your basic gun kind of like you you trade him out as fast as you possibly can, right? And then his loyalty mission comes up and it's this uh, daddy issue, but oh, I'm totally over my dad issues. So it doesn't really matter. Um, and then, okay, you find out his, spoiler alert, his dad's been playing, you know, harem on a <laughs> desert planet for yeah. 10 years. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, that's kind of bad, bro. Um, I could send you to jail or here's a gun. You, you take your pick. It doesn't have, it doesn't have quite that punch that some of the other characters, other loyalty missions bring to the table. He's just there. And that's the best you can say about it, in my opinion. I remember getting to that and being like, hey, bro, this this sucks, huh? Like just kind of feeling like, yeah, this this sucks, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like just like, like that's kind of the reaction, right? You're like, sucks. I think for Jacob's character development, it's definitely something that he needs to go through because you know that's always like in the back of his mind. If my parents were missing for ten years, I would definitely want to know. Especially if I feel like I'm going to go on a suicidal mission, I might not come back from it. I would want to know what legacy i'm leaving behind are my parents still out there do i possibly have half siblings anything like that so i get that but then you get on his mission and his dad is a complete expletive you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> holding women hostage for 10 years 10 years Mm-mm. Mm-mm. yeah Mm-mm. hey bro this sucks <laughs> Yeah, his dad's maniacal. Dad, uh, yeah. Dad's kind like, of kind of douchebag, right? So it's so twisted, and in you know, weirdly enough, it would make like a good Twilight Zone episode. You know, at least maybe that's my opinion. You know, like the twist comes at the very end, and instead of the viewer being an omniscient, you know, uh, space commander who happens upon the planet, you know, you're one of the the uh, people who's losing their minds because they were being fed the native, you know. Uh, flora that is poisonous um so yeah that that one is there's not a lot of moral gray area you know when you play that it's kind of like okay we are all in agreement that this guy is really fucked up right okay yeah <laughs> like let, let's move on um mm-hmm. but yeah it, it is like a hurdle that jacob needs to to surmount in order to develop his character uh <laughs> i'm really like troubled saying that because Heroic it's not character? like he's an incredibly static guy or an incredibly dynamic guy his, his character is actually rather static throw a character create a character yeah something like that <laughs> birth a character tom do you have a favorite least favorite squad mate loyalty mission mm. 
Mm, you know, I don't. I have such a hard time ranking things as favorites. I've talked about this on other shows. When people ask me about favorites and stuff, I have a really hard time ranking stuff. Like it's more like there's things I like for different reasons and things I don't like for different reasons. Um, uh, I'm trying to think through them all. It's been a while since I played all of the all of the loyalty stuff. Um, the one you do with uh, oh crap 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 the the lizard guy uh what was his name um, Morden Morden no not Thane 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 I, I like that one yeah that one's Thane's out. son trying to follow in his footsteps by becoming an assassin as well mm -hmm. and you have to stop him I thought that yeah, was that interesting was a pretty impactful one yeah yeah because of the whole maybe because I'm a dad thing um. And I, I find I, I found Thane. I mean, Thane was the one I ended up romancing on my first Mass Effect 2 play, playthrough. Um, and I found that to be engaging. His whole like. He was kind of a mysterious character, but then you have the whole you find out like he's a dad and then the whole relationship with the kid and then trying not to have the kid be like the dad, like that whole aspect of it, I found really interesting. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I like, you know, that. if I if I had to pick one that I really didn't like, um, I'd have to say Zaid's because Zaid's loyalty mission was really, I don't know, run of the mill. Um, it was a mission in which you basically just exact revenge like he's on a revenge path and he's just willing to blow anything and everything up on the way to revenge. And Shepard can step in and be like, hey, man, that's messed up let's not kill innocent people just because you're mad <laughs> and then like if you do that you might lose his loyalty but you might save it there at the end but you know i, I don't know that one just felt like it didn't really have large loyal large lore implications after the loyalty mission of it whereas tallies is like massive the lore implications of that one are huge um and i think that garris you know i think the writers could have done a better job with garris's loyalty mission um for such a huge character and for such a fan favorite which by mass effect 2 they were well aware of uh it felt like they dropped the ball with Garrus's loyalty mission because it was like, okay, let's set up a hit job for this guy that totally screwed Garrus and his squad over on Omega. Mm -hmm. And then like Shepard can basically say, Hey, like my buddy's going to snipe you. So you should probably move. <laughs> and, <laughs> right. and, if, and if he says that, like, it's like, okay, you might lose Garrus's loyalty. Uh, or you can just let Garrus follow through with murder I, mm, yeah, I remember. I remember feeling like that one was kind of I don't know anticlimactic. It is like yeah. like feeling like oh this is going to be cool and then just like mm, when it just kind of plays out the way it does. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Did you guys feel that way? Yeah, and I think a lot of it has to do with like my decision for which way I'm going to let Garrus go on that is which way I let him go on his Mass Effect One loyalty mission of killing Doctor Hart or not. So if I let Garrus kill Dr. Hart, then I'll let Garrus kill his old friend. Um, like I, I always go with, uh, I'm, I'm always a, you know, truth and justice kind of person and kind of believe in those things. So I always kind of like spur his better nature and you can still secure his loyalty, even letting Sedonis live. You know, it takes, a, I think, like a high paragon or something to make pull that off. Um, but 
you know, and he, he comes across that emotional hurdle. It, the thing for me is that it kind of retreads the whole thing that you just did in ME1, right? Don't kill these people. You don't kill people to make yourself feel better. He, he should have learned that lesson the first time and you have to go through it again in ME2. It's just, right. it right. could have been a better mission. Right. Yeah, revenge isn't really the solution. It never really makes you feel Carl, better. Carl, you can't kill people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we got Turians with hats. Um, no, yeah. no um, that's yeah, think, an obscure reference. Thinking, thinking through these, I, I think, I, I think I'm with Psych here that the Jacob mission was just kind of like. By the time I think it was one of the last ones I did, and then by the time I got to that one, it was just kind of like a, oh crap, I got to get through this. Like it was just like one of those where it was just like okay, I think it was it was it was like I did it because I. I was com- I was completing everything, not because I wanted to at that point. Mm-hmm. And else? that sucks, you know, like like when you do a loyalty mission, you want to do it because you want to do it. You want to do it because of the relationship with the character, because you're you're enjoying the storyline, because you're you're learning yeah. something new. And when I got to that one, I was like, okay, I'll just get through the mission. And then, like, you never want that to be the reason you complete a mission in the game. I did it for the achievement. Right. Yeah. Well, I did it, I did it because I thought maybe some it would go somewhere and it just kind of yeah. doesn't. And you get done with it and you're like, "Well, that's done. Great. Okay, let's move on with the next thing." Jack's loyalty mission is also pretty high up there on the list that, for me of that favorite was, ones. Yeah, so that when I was thinking through my, my favorites, that was one of the like that's probably in my top 2 or 3. Because, yeah, Jack's because one is a flesh, good one about confronting the past. It, it helps flesh out her character. You know, like it, it, it justifies her as not just being this like edgy character. It all of a sudden gives you justification for like, who is she? Why is she the way she is? And it, it creates this like interesting understanding of her backstory and, and what's actually going on with her, which is great. You know, that that allows her to be this edgy character with more depth, you know. And it lets her wear a shirt. And she gets to wear a shirt. So there's that as well. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm I'm actually with Genesis on this one. It was kind of weird how they forced the fifth element look on Jack from the very beginning. Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. The, you know, the designers in these games were, you know, from the from the beginning, the designers in these games were like, let's let's let all the ladies wear tight fitting armor and really show their butts and their boobs. And then they then the Jack design came out and everyone was like what like i remember i remember when mass effect 2 came out and they were showing all the characters and then they showed the character of jack and there there was like even in the in the games media there were game reporters that were just like come on come on yeah so i am all for what jack is wearing and i like the fact that they started her that way because if the naked look was the unlocked i think that mm-hmm. i would have more issues with it like you could right. unlock yeah. her taking off more clothes yeah that's a good yeah, point that's true <laughs> that's a really good point right but it's still you know like can we move past the idea that like the design of characters in games are for like teenage boys in order to get them to buy more video games can like can if we're gonna have adult things in games can we let them just be adult things in games and can we let the majority of characters be like regular people who wear regular clothing and then put the adult things in the games in the in the appropriate places in the games where adult things would be in games? Maybe that would Tom, make more am sense. I hearing, you know, 
Am I hearing you say that you were really sorely missing a racy Caden outfit? <laughs> but, but you know what? You know what I'm saying? Like, if you're going to sexualize the women in the game, then sexualize the men in the game. Make the whole game sexual. Yeah. You know, like, but if you're going to have, like, armor, then don't have boob armor. Have armor that actually functions like armor, right? Like, armor historically that women would wear would look very no different than armor that men would wear because you wouldn't want to divot in the middle of your chest that would move weapons towards the center of your chest. It doesn't make any sense, right? You wouldn't have individual boobs shaped in your armor. There's no, it makes no sense for that, right? Mm, I, well, I'm not an mm. armor expert, and I, I also don't have boobs, so. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> I am a boob expert, and I like them separated if they're going to be contained. But no, you can separate them inside the, underneath the metal. What I'm saying is the outside of the, the shape is, is flat. Does that make Got sense? It. Like inside yes. inside the clothing, you can separate them, but on the outside of the clothing, and and people have there's been a lot of research that's done into this. Historically, women who would who who had to wear armor, the outside of the outfit would still like the the idea of wearing armor is that your body should be shaped like a cylinder so that it deflects things around your body. Brienne of Tarth. Brienne of Tarth, right? Like there there yeah, there's good armor in some movies, and then there's bad armor in other movies, and and games are the same thing. So. Um, you know, like it, it doesn't, you know, just like in the real world, not everybody walks around in public wearing sexualized outfits. In fact, the majority of humans don't, but some people do. Why don't we actually have like realistic percentages of people in a game that look sexualized, and, but most people don't, you know, like let people let let the character of the character define if they choose to wear sexualized clothing or not. Right? Doesn't that make sense? Mm -hmm. Rather than every female in the game looks sexualized and has a model physique. Because that's not well, that's you know, not realistic. Aside from Jack's shirt debacle, uh, I do like the cyberpunk visor that she gets a lot. <laughs> uh, because it's totally cyberpunk. Like that is one hundred and ten percent cyberpunk that Jack gets this awesome visor with like the red lights on it. And I was like, Man, Jack really should have had that visor from the get go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hmm. Sovereign says I'm still upset there was glasses? no was no Jack outfit for Grunt. What if we had Jack outfits for all the characters? <laughs> Jack outfit for Shepard. I can see that mod coming about. Yeah. Boy. Yep. And, uh, <laughs> well, you know, I, I think that of the people who are interested in the outfits for squad mates, I think the first half of our episode will be particularly pertinent with the expanded galaxy mod. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. But all right. Well, um, psych Genesis, do you have any final thoughts about squad mate loyalty missions? No, no, I'm good. I think we covered a lot of ground. I'm, I'm happy. Well, cool. Well, thanks for joining us, guys. This has been super fun. Yeah, this is great. Yeah, um, I'm looking forward to next week. We'll have the rest of the patrons on with us next week for for the full episode. And uh, until then, everybody, we'll, we'll it'll be a, a week until that episode. Hope you guys have a good week, guys. Do you have anything you want to share with us? Anything? Any cool projects you're working on, or stuff you're doing, or ways people can reach out to you? Why don't we Why don't we jump to to Genesis? Genesis, you have anything going on? I do, mm -hmm. but we haven't fully announced it yet, so I don't know. Okay, so you're holding out on us, so I guess we'll have to wait to find out. There are big things coming. Uh, there are big things coming in my world. 
Okay, so we'll wait. We'll wait for that. So stay tuned, friends. Um, and do you want to share ways people can reach out to you, or do you just want to say like, "Hey, I'm on the Discord." I am. I'm on the Robots Radio Discord as Genesis. It's Genesis with a J. And yeah, come chat. Awesome. Awesome. Psych. What do you got going on? Yeah. Um, so my local gaming group uh, has agreed to allow me to use them for a tabletop podcast. Nice. Um, yep. We're going to do a Mass Effect tabletop. We're wow. utilizing the Fate system. It's a more narrative-driven rather than uh, roles-driven kind of thing. Cool. I like um, that. I enjoy I enjoy playing games more like that as well. So that sounds fun. Um, it's going to be it's uh, Mass Effect Blue Shift. It's we are all CSEC officers in that interim time between the battle for the Citadel and the end of the world. Um, and uh, you can find us at, uh, at me underscore blue shift on Twitter. Very cool. Very cool. Sounds like a, a super fun thing. Um, and, yeah. um, you know, if, if you guys are ever interested, there's always the Robots Radio Rocket Club, which mm-hmm. I'm sure you know about. So if ever you're interested in, you know, some guidance and wanting to be part of the Robots Radio Network, you can always look me up there and we're, we'd be happy to you know, bring you on board yeah. and, and work with you if you want. But um, good luck with that. Otherwise, I hope that's super fun and, and definitely yeah. go check that out, listeners. That sounds like an awesome thing. Yeah, it's, it's going to be fun. We should have our first episode uh, November 15th is what I'm hoping for. Very cool. Very cool. We'll have have a super fun time with that. Um, and Seven, you got anything going on you want to share? Um, yeah, I don't think that I'll be streaming this week because, as I said, I have a friend in from out of town, but I will be streaming uh, probably come next Sunday. If I can manage streaming before the episode, I will. However, that's a little dicey because uh, although it's Halloween, it's also my girlfriend's birthday next oh, wow. Sunday. So wow. we're going to do what we can between work and and other obligations you know, that come with life. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to be trying to stream as soon as possible and i'll be streaming some mass effect if anyone wants to catch up or follow me i am at in seven the legend on twitch on twitter on pretty much everything and i'm slowly becoming an audio visual engineer as <laughs> i work in better and better effects with Streamlabs. so if anyone wants to come and critique my uh my quality of stream i am more than happy to take the the pointers so awesome awesome um yeah it's actually speaking of birthdays it's my wife's birthday today so we uh we went out and celebrated and stuff so happy birthday to her so that's exciting um i've been streaming every morning during the week over at twitch.tv slash robots radio been playing games with everybody in the mornings and we have an awesome community over there so shout out to to the robot squad you guys are awesome and uh, just a genuine thank you to everybody who's been showing up in the mornings and hanging out with me you guys have uh, you've made a noticeable difference in my in my mood my wife was like you've been a lot happier lately and i'm like yeah i've been like hanging out with people in the mornings and having a lot of fun and it's actually making a huge difference so thank you um we have a a goal that i've set for hitting an entire week with an average viewer number of 25 viewers on our stream and i know that doesn't sound like a huge number so if you are if you're a listener to this podcast and you just want to hang out and and help me hit this goal and if you're like working in the mornings i start at like 8 30 eastern in the mornings and we go through like the middle of the day so the first half of the day if you're working and you just want to lurk in the background or just kind of be in there and chat with us you know whatever 
it's I, I used to do that all the time when I worked in an office. I didn't have a stream up on my second monitor while I was working and it just kind of pop in every so often and chat and kind of listen in the background. It's a great community, lots of awesome people, and I will be giving away a video game of your choice to a winner when we hit an average for a week of 25 viewers. So you might want to pick if you want to pick up Legendary Edition, you haven't had a chance to get it yet or some other big game that's coming out this fall. You might be one of the winners. So come help us reach that goal and maybe you'll get a chance to win. So lots of awesome stuff going on in the stream. It's the same channel that we broadcast this live at. And I, I just can't say thank you enough to everybody who's been coming and hanging out with me. We've been growing numbers every week and it's just been super, super fun having an awesome time. So um, that's what I got going on. And of course, all the other shows at robotsradio.net if you're looking for other shows. So check out that stuff. And that's it. So until next time, everybody, thank you to our patrons. You guys are awesome. Thank you for being here. We'll be back next week with the rest of our patrons. And until then, stay safe out there in the galaxy. There's a lot of crazy stuff out there. And, um, you know, good luck with your loyalty missions. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Bye, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the Mass Effect Lorecast. We'd love to hear your opinion and thoughts on the lore of Mass Effect. Reach out to us on Twitter at Mass Effect Cast or check out the Robots Radio Discord. Also, you can send us an email at MassEffectLorecast at gmail.com. Jersey's Here Now Audio Fiction Festival 2020. It's Bioshock, the Midnight Series. Based in the dystopian underwater city of Rapture, witness what it was like for civilians from different walks of life before and after Andrew Ryan's city fell. It's a tale of deception, downfall, and survival. The Midnight Series, a podcast by Preston Hardin. Listen on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. In a world where solid-state electronics and vacuum tubes are still meta, people never stop loving atomic-powered everything. A chosen 500 stepped inside a subterranean vault to be spared the nuclear horror of the inevitable Great War. 25 years later, they emerge after the fallout settles to retake Appalachia. Among them, two former rivals whose blood feud will tear West Virginia apart in their epic struggle for survival. Chad, a vault bro who has a strength of 15, an intelligence of two, and is a complete wasteland dickhead. Simon, a complicated anti-hero who chooses light and hope, but accidentally becomes a cannibal, and wakes up naked and afraid with a Scorch Beast Queen after a date goes terribly wrong. What? I mean, it's a wild wasteland, right? This dark humor radio drama will have you driving off the road and crawling out from under the fallout. Two men. One wasteland. And so many nukes. Chad, a fallout
76 podcast, rated R, now streaming on your holotape player podcasty thing.